Hello, and welcome to Let My People Eat, a podcast that provides satisfying talk about kosher nutrition. Here we clear through the clutter of nutrition speak, arm you with the clarity and confidence to eat, feel, and be your healthiest every day. I am Jill Sharfman, a board-certified holistic nutritionist living in Los Angeles. And I'm Dr. Andrea Moskowitz, a neuroscientist and psychiatrist in Los Angeles. I use my training and experience to integrate positive lifestyle changes into my patients' lives. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Jill. How's it going? It's going very well. Um, I have a question for you, as I always do. Yeah. Um, do you take herbs, use herbs a lot in your cooking in your house? Like, do Well, you... I use herbs a lot in my cooking, that's yeah. for sure. What are some of your favorites? And um, well, it depends what I'm cooking, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, it depends what. I mean, rosemary, uh, basil, oregano, I mean, all different kinds of things. I do curry, curries. I do more Middle Eastern kinds of things. I right. use a lot of herbs and spices in my cooking. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, How about you? Yeah, I do too. Anything? I mean, I, I love using herbs and, and spices as well. But I also was looking before we came in to do this episode today, I have almost a pharmacy of herb, uh, <laughs> herbal remedies yeah. or teas. You know, right. we have chamomile teas, we have rooibos right. teas, turmeric teas, ginger teas. Um, uh, we have, I use horse chestnut, which is an herb to help with circulation in veins because thank you to my grandmother. We have a, a vein issue. <laughs> um, uh, my daughters take chase tree to help balance female hormones. Uh, now in these kind of stressful times, we take ashwagandha, uh -huh. uh, which is to support the adrenals. Ashwagandha, by the way, is Sanskrit for the smell of the horse. <sighs> I'm not sure why it's called that, but maybe the actual herb smells like a horse. I don't know. Um, but there's so much I don't know about it, which is why right. we um, invited our guest on today to kind of explain a lot of these things to us. Uh, Sarah Hanna Silverstein is a master herbalist, classical homeopathy, and the author of the book, Mootopia, Tame Your Moods, De-Stress, and Find Balance Using Herbal Remedies, Aromatherapy, and More. Her book got accolades from the Big Bang star Mayim Bialik and the MD Deepak Chopra. Sarah Khanna teaches people how they can safely integrate alternative medicine with their conventional medicine protocol. She's also a keynote speaker, columnist, community advocate, and is frequently interviewed on television. She is also a wife and a mother of seven children. Hello, Sarah Khanna. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, Jill and Andrea. Thank you for having me today. Thank you Thank so you. much for, for taking the time to talk to us. Um, and we want to hear about your book and, but first I'd like to hear about what, what's your journey? How did you find this and, and become an herbalist and homey, you know, dabble in homeopathy? Well, of course, there's always many different avenues, but I was invited through Yale University to study at Oxford in England. And during the program, I ended up finding myself in the library reading about botanical herbal medicine. I was always fascinated by it. Um, it was something that interested me. I had a lot of plants in my university dorm room. It just kind of made me feel more comfortable wherever I was. And then I had a child with very, very bad eczema. And I think a lot of our journeys as parents come through our children. And basically, I went from allergist to allergist. And they said, you know what? 
he's got it for life. Like, get over it. I mean, steroid cream, it turned into asthma. Um, he was on a lot of asthma medicines. And it was just kind of this vicious cycle. And everywhere I went, they were like, DNA, like you're stuck. That's what it is. So I knew that there had to be a DNA component, but it didn't mean that there couldn't be a refua, a healing to what was going on. So I probably read every book published in English at the time of homeopathy, and I started giving him homeopathic medicine, and his skin started to get better. I'm not going to say that he was perfectly cleared, but he was no longer itching 24-7. He could have a restful sleep. And his asthma was well controlled. So if because it was a DNA genetic problem that he had, I'm not saying that herbs would give me 100% control, but he became a typical normal child, went to school, became an athlete, got a black belt in karate, uh, became an athlete, and, and, and today is actually uh, working on his PhD in physics. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, I, I started to see that herbal medicine and homeopathic medicine really help the body rebalance um, no matter what the predisposition of that body was going to be. Like if your DNA says you're only going to be five foot two, homeopathic remedies or herbs are not going to make you five foot ten. But if you've got chronic constipation, you've got moodiness or emotional stresses or digestive issues, that's where herbs shine. So I began with homeopathy and I moved very quickly to including herbs in my practice because with a homeopathic remedy, it's very important to get it prescribed or suggested by a classical homeopath. But with herbal medicine, it's called people's medicine. I can teach any woman or man some herbal medicine. They can keep it in their house. And once they learn how to use it, they will know when to use it. If you're recovering from COVID, it's going to help build up those lungs. It's going to help build up your immune system. If a child has strep throat, post-antibiotic use, it can actually build the immune system so the child will not get strep again because... When a child's in a classroom of 25 kids, I mean, I know now everybody's, you know, not necessarily going to school full time, but, you know, last year, children were exposed to streptococcal bacterial infections in their throat all the time. The question was, who in the classroom got it and who didn't? If your child's more vulnerable than at the end of summer, in the beginning of the school year, that's the time you start giving herbs. And then women are shocked to see that their kids will stop picking up strep. Or if they get strep, it'll be a 24 or 48-hour bug rather than a one-week um, infection. So I, in my office, um, I practice both in Brooklyn, New York, and in the summers in California. My whole goal is to empower parents or caregivers to integrate safely herbs into their lives. And you got you, you will be surprised that parents and caregivers become the best doctors out there. Now, I want to say that in my office, we always use doctors. We get the diagnosis. We get the blood test. We get the strep cultures. We're certainly not in my office anti-doctor at all. The question is, how do we, once we have that situation, how do we heal it? And herbs are a tool that is not used as much in the United States, but WHO, which is the World Health Organization, interviewed women all over the world, and they found that 95% of women 
Oh, before you get your menstrual cycle, you take this. Oh, when you're going through menopause, you take this. Oh, before a baby, you take this. It's so normalized in other places in the world that my goal is to renormalize it in the United States and Canada and Australia and South Africa. I have so many questions, but I think the first one is maybe describe for our audience. Everybody has an idea what herbs are. We sell, we see them, we use them to cook with them. Um, if they're put into a capsule, something to take, but what is homeopathy? Oh, so you want to jump to homeopathy? Well, not just I just ask what an herb is. I <laughs> mean, we can start with that, but I think somewhere in the discussion, we should just, cause I know what it is. Andrew knows, but I'm not sure everybody understands what homeopathy right. is. I think it scares well, people and it really shouldn't. Well, let me talk about the herb for a moment first, and then I'll jump to homeopathy. So so with herbs, we use the roots for certain conditions. We use the stems and leaves for other conditions. We use the flowers for other conditions, the fruits for other conditions, and the bark of the tree. So, So when you have a plant like dandelion, let's talk about dandelion. It's everybody's weed. They want to get rid of it. Well, the root we use for stones, whether bladder stones or gallbladder stones, we can use it. The leaves are phenomenal for any inflammation or swelling. Um, We can also use the juice of the dandelion to help with digestive disorders. And we can use the beautiful flowers, make them into an oil for a massage, for deep tissue massage. And the flowers made into an oil can also get rid of different skin tags. So you can see that one plant can have 20 different ways that you can use the plants. And one of the amazing things about plants is that the way they stay healthy in the wild is that they secrete different essential oils and different chemicals that are antibacterial and antiviral because there's so many different things that are going on in the environment and they have to stay safe. Cold winters, which you don't get in California, which you get in New York. Strong winds, including tornadoes. Some trees do fall over, but most trees stay standing. How is that the case? So what happens is the plants are so busy keeping themselves safe in their own environment so they can proliferate and make other trees and other plants that when we take them into our bodies, it gives us that strength for helping us survive, antibacterial, antifungal. So when we take plants into our bodies, it strengthens our bodies to be able to deal with the elements in life, emotional stresses, um, lack of sleep stresses, and physical stresses. So plant medicine has got antioxidants, it's got anti-inflammatories, and it works with the body, for instance, and I will get to homeopathy. Like, let's say you went out blueberry picking with your friend, and you guys got a big bushel of blueberries. The two of you sat there and ate way too many blueberries, The worst would be maybe you'd get a little upset stomach, maybe a little diarrhea, which might be good for you, but you would just thrive with all those antioxidants in your body. Whereas if you took a supplement of antioxidants and you took the same amount, you would have to go get your stomach pumped. Because as an herbalist, we use herbs because they integrate in our body. So I don't use a lot of supplements in my office, meaning the bushel of blueberries would would reduce inflammation in your body. It would help with your eyesight, help with veins. Blueberries are phenomenal for varicose veins. But whatever your body didn't need, it would just expel it. 
Whereas supplements are harder for the body to break down because the body, because it's in an unnatural form. Now, let's jump to homeopathy. Homeopathy is also made from plants, um, roots, leaves, bark. Um, We also use minerals. We also use animals and we use poisons. So homeopathy is much more intimidating because it's energy medicine. So the energy of the plant or poison resonates or vibrates and an illness in your body vibrates at a certain level also, an energy level. And the, if it's the right homeopathic remedy, the two energies will collide and dissipate and the problem will get better. For instance, I'm a lactation consultant. I help women with breastfeeding problems. I'm proud to say I've helped over 30,000 babies breastfeed. And if I have a woman with a breast abscess, yes, she may need a needle aspiration. But if you take 48 or 24 hours of homeopathic remedy, it will literally push the abscess up to the surface so that the doctor can more easily extract what's going on in that abscess. So homeopathy helps the body resonate the energy that the body is supposed to and not resonate the energy that will cause disease. For instance, if you're neurotic, crazy in LA, in New York, type A personalities in the car all the time, overworking, you're going to radiate this really powerful vibrational energy. But if your body doesn't learn how to calm down at the end of the day, you can end up with migraines, ulcers, other kinds of problems. So the energy is phenomenal if you're trying to get work done or navigate the 405 freeway, right? But then the body needs to be able to calm itself down. So if people are in this heightened alert state for too long, illness comes in. So when you take a homeopathic remedy, it helps the body revibrate at a more healthy energy tone. I know it's so complicated. Ask me questions now. Because it's so complicated, homeopathy. I mean, I actually never heard that part of the explanation. But I want to say it sounds kind of weird and woohoo and a little scary. But um, what I like about homeopathy is if you take it and the body doesn't need it, there's no harm done. So, um, I mean, we take Arnica all the time. It comes in a little blue bottle and they're little tiny pellets. You put them under your tongue. They dissolve. Um, I've given them to my dog. <laughs> I've, um, you know, my kids, we always have, we have different levels of it. Um, so yeah, it's not like, it's so easy to take homeopathic remedies. And there are so many out there that somebody can guide you and help you say, this is, this would be good for this. Um, yes. So you can get what is called acute homeopathic care, like Arnica for bumps, mm-hmm. Hypericum for crushed fingers, Apis for bug bites or swelling. Let them, if you're going to get a vaccine or a shot, and it will help counter that absolutely. And everybody can get a book on home homeopathy. And for these little incidents that come your way, it's very easy to take the remedies. You can take them when you're hiking or camping. And if you bang or trip or stumble, you can take Arnica and it will help reduce the inflammation. 
What's very interesting with homeopathy is when you get what is called a constitutional remedy, you're, you're looking at who you are as a vibrating person in the world. Now, my son's a physicist and said, mom, you can never talk about vibrational energy. You don't even understand it. But when you walk into a room, you either like the person's energy or you don't. You walk into a restaurant and you can say, oh, the food's not so great, but I love being here. And you can walk into a clothing store and say, you know what? Nothing ever fits me, but I just, I love the ambiance. I love the feeling. So that's what energy is all about. It's something we can't see. We don't have microscopes strong enough yet to to necessarily see and understand it. But homeopaths believe that people and foods and plants resonate at certain vibrational. And we know that even with colors, which I talk about in my book, Mootopia, the way you see a color is the way that it vibrates. So we are vibrational beings. And so homeopathy is all about finding the vibrational plant or substance or mineral that vibrates with the energy that you vibrate and it keeps you balanced. Got it. So um, a couple of questions I'm sure Andrea has also. Um, So in order to identify what herbs you need or homeopathy, do you need to work with someone? Is this something you can prescribe on your own or it's important to talk to someone like yourself to figure out what you need? So with homeopathy, because it's so complicated, I think it's best to work with a schooled and well-educated practitioner, except for, as I said, the acute ones. But with herbal medicine, Like what I tried to do in my book, Moodtopia, my book, Moodtopia is all about emotions and our emotional health and our sadness and our happiness and our frustrations and our depressions and our agitations is I try to make it very easy and attainable for people of all education levels and all ages. And so that's a great resource. And there are other good books out there. It's always best, if you can, to work with an herbalist because when you work with an herbalist, we take about an hour and a half. We take your entire history. We ask about how's your sleeping? How do you feel when you wake up? What foods do you like? Are you constipated? Do you stool often? What's your digestion like? We look at the entire person, the physical and emotional health, and then we find plants that will help you attain the best health that you can make sense because herbs are here to assist us. It says in Tehillim Psalms that Hashem God gave grass for the cattle and herbs for the service of man. And plants are really here to service. Like one woman may have a lot of varicose veins. The next woman, her veins may be perfect. The next woman may have some digestive issues. And the other woman's like, Oh my gosh, I can eat anything. And I never feel indigestion. So plants are very specific to the needs of what the person, how the person's systems run. But plants, that's why I wrote the book, Motopia, because homeopathy is so complex. But herbs, once you learn a couple herbs, you can do so many things with them. One of my teachers said she'd rather work with an herbalist that know how to do 500 things with five herbs then one thing to do with 500 herbs. So once you learn about an herb, let's take an herb. Let's take an herb called lemon balm. Lemon balm is called Melissa. It's from the mint family. It's safe with all medications that I'm aware of. It's not contraindicated at all. 
You can use it with newborn babies and geriatric patients. So lemon balm is calming and soothing to a cough. We've been taking a lot of lemon balm now during these times. For the the digestive system. (laughs) It also helps with fevers and helps you during a flu and get over a flu. And on the emotional side, it helps with nervousness and anxiety. So lemon balm is an herb that you, I like it best in um, tincture form when it's glycerite, because the glycerite is delicious and yummy. We can talk about that. And if you're flying on a plane, I mean, I know we're just going to pretend like it's not COVID time right now. You're going to fly on a plane. You've got a couple kids and you got a husband and everyone's like a little nervous about flying. Everybody can take lemon balm early in the morning, the day that you're flying couple hours later, take another dose. When you get to the airport, you buy it, bring it in your two ounce bottle. And then in the middle of the flight, it's not going to make anybody feel sleepy. It's calming and soothing. And the side effect also, not the side effect, one of the other key components is it's antiviral. Mm-hmm. And you're in this little airplane with all these viruses. So lemon balm is an herb that has so many uses that everyone should know about lemon balm. Um, you, you touched on something about the tincture. There are many ways to take herbs, though. So can you talk about that for a minute? Sure. So one thing about a plant is when you take it out of the ground, it starts to lose its energy and its components and its nutrients very quickly. Think about you go to the store, you buy some parsley. It looks gorgeous. You're going to cook it. You fall asleep. You forget to put it in your soup. The next day, it's a little limp. The day after that, it gets a little bit yellow. And by day four, you're throwing it out. You're not going to use it. So once you take a plant out of the ground, you need to do something with it to keep its vitality or life force. So my favorite way is to tincture it. You take the plant, either the bark, the root, the seeds, or the leaf. You put it in a grain alcohol in a glass bottle. You let it sit for six to eight weeks. You strain it. And you have a medication, an herbal botanical medicine that has a 10-year shelf life. Pharmaceutical companies do not want to hear that there's a medicine you can make that has a 10-year shelf life. You could also drink it in tea because lemon balm has a delicious taste and some herbs are not delicious. You could make it into icicles. Um, little ice pops for your kids when they have fevers. You can make it into ice cubes in the summer and put it in your drinks as an antiviral. Some plants can function well in capsule form, but not all plants. Like a Melissa is not going to do as well in a capsule form because it's got a lot of essential oils and it's a very delicate plant. And once you start crushing it, you're losing most of it. Whereas an herb called burdock root, burdock root is a root for your liver, supports the liver. Like if you're drinking too much or eating too many fatty foods, or you have some hormonal issues, your periods are not so consistent, or you break out on your face, or a lot of boys and men break out on their back. Burdock root is a wonderful plant that helps stimulate the liver to get rid of any fatty deposits and function at its peak. And that's a plant that does well in capsule form because it's a root, it's sturdier, it's heavier, and it's a food herb. You could also cook burdock root in a stir fry. So plants that are food-like can work in capsules, but plants that are more medicinal work best in tinctures. 
Got it. Um, you talked for about the liver. Um, I didn't know this, but liver is it means life. Um, I didn't know that. Um, you talk about supporting the liver first in order to be healthy. So can you talk about that for a minute, about what that means to for somebody? To, we don't really think or pay much attention to our livers, but they're very, very important. So in my book, Moodtopia, Tame Your Moods, um, I talk about moods, of course, but basically I'm also talking about general health because mm-hmm. if you're constipated, you're not going to be in such a good mood, right? And if you like don't sleep well, you're not going to be in such a good mood. So really the book Mootopia is about strengthening your being so that it's easier to function in the world. And our liver plays a very important role on our physical health and our emotional health. Our liver filters everything. It filters the smog, the dust, the pesticides, the pollutants that are around us, the exhaust from our cars, and also the fats that we're unable to break down. So when you take herbs, some of the herbs like milk thistle and burdock will get rid of fatty deposits on, excuse me, on your liver. Um, the liver is a fatty organ. It has, it has fats mm-hmm. in it, but you don't want bad fats. Fats will clog it up and then it won't be able to filter. And that's why we have a lot of women that have hormonal issues because the hormones are converted in the liver. So one of the first places I started Moodtopia is talking about being aware of your liver and taking some herbs that are e- that will support it. And a lot of liver herbs, because their food herbs are easy in capsules. And that's a great way for people that are not familiar mm-hmm. with herbs to start. Right. Yes. Um, so did you want to talk any more about the herbs that you talk about in Mootopia specifically to help address people's moods, women's moods? Yes, I would love to. And especially after being in quarantine, we have people that are, have lost their jobs, lost part of their businesses. Other people thrived during COVID people that make masks and gloves and those little stickers on the floor that say six feet apart. So there are people that are thriving during COVID. There are other people that are, you know, really lost, um, um, feeling isolated, not around their friends and family. So there are some herbs um, that work to help you feel less moody. So let's talk about the herb motherwort. Motherwort is one of my favorite herbs. And I'm going to primarily speak about women, but there are a lot of men that get hormonally moody. So (laughs) we're not going to exclude them from this conversation. But motherwort is an herb that helps before women's cycles, during their cycles, and after their cycles. It also helps women feel less hormonally moody when they've stopped having their cycles. So motherwort is an herb that helps lift you up when you feel gloomy or like you're in that black cloud. So a woman or a man could be having a perfectly fine day, everything's going well, and one little thing triggers you and you see this black cloud descending. And you're like, no, no, black cloud, do not come, do not come my way. And the next thing you know, you're enveloped by this sadness and gloominess, sometimes with a reason and sometimes without a reason. Motherwort is an amazing herb that helps dissipate that sadness. So if a woman's going through a really hard time or a man, they've lost their job or something wrong happened to them because bad things do happen to very good people. 
then you could take motherwort two to three times a day for a couple months to make sure that you don't sink super, super low. Because sometimes when you get too low, it's hard to get out of it. One of my favorite herbs, I joke that there should be an IV of motherwort on every corner in every city. Oh my gosh, I just got upset because I got a parking ticket. I'm going to get gloomy. I need some motherwort, right? Or you're going to a big event and you went to the dry cleaners and they can't find your dress. And that's what you were wearing tonight, right? So you're going to get gloomy. So that's where motherwort comes in. My second favorite herb is an herb called skullcap. Skullcap, like lemon balm, is from the mint family, very calming and soothing, and it's for nervous anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to go to PTA, and you know they're going to complain about your child, right? So you take a little skullcap so you keep it together and not get hysterical because you know your child's right, of course. Or let's say you're going to a new job interview, or you're going out on a new date. Let's say you were Dating and you stop for a while and you're going back into that dating world and you're just nervous and nervous and nervous and you don't know how to calm down. Taking Skullcap is calming and soothing to the anxiety, to the world of anxiety. And it doesn't have like a drug type feeling. You don't feel, oh my gosh, like now I'm a little drugged. How am I going to be talking to someone? It just calms and soothes you. And Jill and Andrea, your question should be to me, can you be moody and anxious at the same time? Yeah. And the answer is uh, yes. Yes. And yes. 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 And that's when we take motherwort and skullcap at the exact same time, because those two emotions overlap all the time. Wow. That's yeah. yeah I, they do. I, I want to say like, obviously people can probably get in touch with you to ask, you know, so probably uh, zoom consultations at this point, things like that. I've also found that there are local places like Santa Monica Homeopathics, where the people there are very knowledgeable um, about recommending things. I've met one of the people who is my go-to, who worked at Capital Drugs, and now she is at Santa Monica. She is a true healer, uh, and she is who I call with all these questions. So, um, you know, you can always look around and see if there's something available like that to you locally. Um Right. As an option, but I find that, yeah, go ahead. There's so much now on, on, on the internet. I mean, one thing I do want to say, Jill, mm-hmm. is that um, I think sometimes it's good to follow one herbalist, mm-hmm. like read all their blogs, read their books for a while, because, um, you know, there's Cherokee medicine, there's Chinese medicine. I personally practice Western herbal medicine because I'm in America and I want to know which herbs are growing here because I was once in a class that said I was in Midtown Manhattan studying herbal medicine and you know everybody came from like Connecticut and New Jersey and all these rural places and so the herbalist said to said to the class if you want to heal a person see what grows around their house So everyone was like, ooh, ah, right? So I stomped over to her in my high heels with my red nail polish and my sunglasses on the top of my head because I'm a New Yorker. And I said, excuse me, have you seen what grows around Brooklyn and New York? We've got concrete. We've got fire escapes. We've got cars. Like, really? Like, what are you talking about? So she handed me what is called a Peterson um, field guide. She said, do me a favor take a walk around your neighborhood. So I grabbed my poor innocent husband and we stomped out in the streets. And within one block of Brooklyn, 
I saw 10 medicinal herbs growing. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. I was like, really? In the middle of a concrete jungle? So I do analyze the plants that are growing local in my area of Brooklyn and New York when I'm working with people in Brooklyn and New York. And when I'm in L.A., I look and see what's growing around L.A. It doesn't mean I won't use an herb from China or India or Japan if I feel it's needed. But I still want to get a foundation of what's growing around them. So back to what I'm saying is, if you want to begin to understand herbal medicine, I'm part of what is called the American Herbalist Guild. I'm an AHG master herbalist. So if you can find an AHG herbalist, see a book or two that they've written and kind of follow their outlook, that's a great place to start. Because when you're on the internet, you have no idea who you're listening to. It could actually be a pharmaceutical company that's writing a bad article on St. John's wort because they know it's so effective and they don't want you to take it. So that's the one thing, Jill. I mean, I'm taking that off of what you said is that you have someone you respect very much at Santa Monica Homeopathic Pharmacy. And I think it's important as a beginner, um, someone starting to kind of see where someone's coming from, like to listen to a Chinese herbalist If the herbs are not available to you locally, they're probably not what you need at that moment. Right. You know, that's so interesting that you say that because I just found out recently that it's very important to eat local honey because if you eat the local honey, it will help you with allergies in your local region, which I thought was like, you know, makes sense, actually. But it was, wow, that's kind of cool. But yes. Yeah. And and if I could say one amazing thing, I mean, this is not a COVID discussion, but I do want to say this. So Brooklyn was hit with COVID back in March. Right. And they were hit very, very, very hard. And yes, I am a COVID survivor. So um, after I got better, um, it hit me and I was about a month. It took me about a month to fully recover. And I did take herbs and I did work with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of COVID clients. And I did see that, thank God, none of my clients went in the hospital. That could just be pure luck, I know. But it seemed like when they took herbs, it did not go and settle itself in the lungs. We had body aches and sore throats and coughs. But um, they all thrived afterwards. They all healed. But this is the interesting point I want to share with you, is that when I went out to take a walk to, you know, get my lungs to start building up again, There's an herb called cleavers that was growing everywhere in Brooklyn. Now, I've lived in Brooklyn for over 30 years, and I've taken walks around Brooklyn for over 30 years. I have never in my life seen so much cleavers growing than around the COVID outbreak. And I was, I mean, it was in alleyways. It was on people's lawns. It was where I go to a track and run. It was everywhere. And what's fascinating is that cleavers is an herb that helps the lymphatic system push bacteria and viruses out of your body. And I was like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like if you needed to grow any herb in Brooklyn, it was cleavers. And what people around the world were saying was that cleavers were growing in excess all over the world where cleaver grows. How amazing is that? So our healing was right there in the plants because believe me, if in fact COVID is all over the place and it is airborne, the plants are feeling it also. And 
cleavers was everywhere. How amazing is that? That, that is pretty darn amazing. amazing. Like the cure was sent almost. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, right. I, Sarah Hanna, thank you so much. I mean, I mm-hmm. I love this stuff. I could definitely talk we to you for another more. hour. I'm, yes. We might have to have you come back because we didn't cover aromatherapy uh, and, and a lot of other things that you talk about in Mootopia. Angie and I have both read the book. Yes. We loved it. It's uh, it's it's an easy read, really, for everything that you're covering and talking right. about. And um, it, it's fascinating. I loved it. Um, you could follow Sarah Khan on Instagram at Sarah Khanna with an S at the end. Um, she's also on Facebook at Sarah Khanna Silverstein. And her website is moodtopiabook.com. So definitely go and, and check that out because it, it really was mm-hmm. a fascinating read. So uh, it was. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah thank Khanna, you. for spending all this time with us and explaining all these things. And, and I want to hear more. I have more questions. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jill and Andrea. And I just want to conclude with saying that with a little bit of knowledge and introducing a little bit of herbs into your life, including spices and in your food, you will be surprised at what a little bit of herb or a little bit of spice can do to help reduce your inflammation and your moodiness. And it's a gift to us. Yeah, it, you know, you were talking about dandelion root. We just recently bought dandelion root tea that we've been drinking too. So, yeah, you can imagine what my tea cabinet <laughs> looks like. I'd but, love to visit it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little crazy. Um, thank you so much. All the best. Looking forward to a follow up because, as you said, there is so much to share. And essential oils, yes, are yeah. definitely a great place to start. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And that is it for this episode of Let My People Eat. Please visit our website at letmypeopleeat.com and leave us a comment. Get in touch with our email at podcast at letmypeopleeat.com or call us at 317-659-0004. You can also follow me on Instagram at letmypeopleeat. We are also on Facebook. Search for Let My People Eat podcast to join the discussion. You can ask questions and suggest topics you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. If you like this show, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and tell your friends and family to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Let My People Eat is proud to be part of Jewish Coffee House, where you can find your fill of stimulating podcasts dedicated exclusively to Jewish content. Please remember that while we are certified professionals, this is not a medical advice podcast. No content, posts, or comments should be interpreted as professional guidance. Always speak to your own doctor about making the right life changes for you. Until next time, I am Jill Sharfman. And I am Andrea Moskowitz. Thanks for joining us and go in good health.